Psalm 47. O clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to Elohim with a voice of singing. For Jehovah Most High is awesome, a great sovereign over all the earth. He subdues people under us and nations under our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us. The excellence of Yaakov, whom he loves, Selah. Elohim shall go up with a shout, Jehovah with the sound of a ram's horn. Sing praises to Elohim, sing praises. Sing praises to our sovereign, sing praises. For Elohim is sovereign of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding, Elohim shall reign over the nations. Elohim shall sit on his Kodesh throne. Nobles of people shall be gathered together. The people of Elohim, of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to Elohim. He shall be greatly exalted. Greetings, shalom, peace be upon you. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. And today we're going to be talking about the Feast of Trumpets. Um, We've done teachings on the biblical feast for a very long time on this show. Feast of Trumpets, of course, we've covered a lot, um, going all the way back to the beginning. And so a couple of years ago, I prepared an article uh, that is up at scriptureandprophecy.com. I'm going to tell you how to find it real quick because... um, if you happen to be listening to this sitting at home or something like that, you can access this article uh, and kind of follow along uh, with this morning's teaching. So if you go to scriptureandprophecy.com, at the top it says teachings, uh, you just go down to biblical feast and you'll find Feast of Trumpets from that list. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be covering this article. And the title of the article is The Feast of Trumpets, The Day of Judgment or the rapture. So we're going to kind of explore those ideas. Please note, I'm not making any claims or saying that this is how it is or anything like that. Uh, it's I treat things of this nature, especially when we're dealing with eschatology, as investigation. As in, let's look at this together, study this out together. But then we got to come to our own conclusions. We have to pray and seek God Uh, for wisdom and understanding. So open up your hearts this morning. We're going to do this article today, and then, Lord willing, on Friday, we're going to read Exodus chapter 19 and 20, which is custom to read uh, for the Feast of Trumpets. All right. With that introduction, let's get started. I do want to say that every year when the Feast of Trumpets rolls around, I am filled with two emotions. One is expectation. And the Feast of Trumpets reminds me to look up. Because one of these days, we may actually hear the trumpet blast. 
And we need to be a people who are ready. We're paying attention. We don't want to be like that wicked servant who gets kind of tangled up in the world. I guess my master's delayed is coming and he kind of goes back to doing some of the foolish things that he used to do and then the trumpet blast and he's not ready. And it says his portion is with the hypocrites and the non-believers. So when the Feast of Trumpets rolls around, it's a great reminder to, to refocus, to look up. The second emotion, and maybe not even a necessarily a biblical emotion or the right emotion, but for the sake of being authentic, I also have this feeling of uneasiness around this time. Because the enemy who counterfeits everything God does can create nothing on his own. So he sets his little goblins and orcs out to do his bidding. And it's usually evil stuff. And around this time of year is when the enemy um, unleashes terrible events and terrible ideas and uh, orchestrates wickedness. And so I'm always kind of on the edge of my seat with that, too, because it's like, we know your game plan. You're not creative enough to do something. You know, it's always got to be around the same. Like, we always see it coming. (laughs) You know what I mean? And uh, so anyway, when we go into this week every year, those are kind of the two things that I'm trying to balance. And obviously... The first one being the one that we should should be consuming our thoughts, not the other. All right, I've taken up enough of your time with rambling. Let's get into the article. Open up your hearts, and I hope that you leave the broadcast today with a deeper understanding of the Feast of Trumpets. Let's begin. This year, 2023... Most calendars have the Feast of Trumpets starting at sundown on Friday, September 15th, and ending at sundown Sunday, September 17th. However, it is important to note and remember that the Feast of Trumpets begins the new year on the Hebrew calendar, which is indicated by the sighting of the sliver of the new moon. Therefore, we technically don't know exactly when the feast will start. The Feast of Trumpets is also known as Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Terah. This feast is the first of the fall feast in the beginning of the Jewish New Year. So Yom Terah literally means the day of shouting or blasting. And the term Rosh Hashanah literally means the head of the year. The Feast of Trumpets is a mystery in many respects. The Bible doesn't give us an apparent purpose for the feast, only that it is to be remembered and that it is to take place on the first day of the seventh month. So if we go to Leviticus chapter 23, verses 23 through 25, say this, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. So in this article, my goal is to shed some light 
on the possible meaning and expectation of this feast of Jehovah, or more accurately, this appointed time of Jehovah. Many believe Trumpets is the best candidate for the time of the rapture of the church, and I agree it is the best candidate for that fulfillment. Please note, that doesn't mean it is, that I'm not saying it has to be, I'm saying it's the best candidate. Feast of Trumpets is also viewed within the Jewish tradition as the Day of Judgment, known in Hebrew as Yom Hadin. However, there really isn't any scriptural evidence for this tradition. It mostly comes from the oral tradition and is written about in the Jewish Talmud. With that said, many Christians associate the rapture event along with the Day of the Lord or Yom Hadin, the Day of Judgment. For the believer in Messiah, trumpet should be a time of joy and hope, but for the rest of the world, it is a day of great dread. So rather than speculate on the rapture doctrine, let us first focus on the Feast of Trumpets as it was commanded to be in the Torah. The commandment in Leviticus was for Israel to remember the date, take a Sabbath, and memorialize the blowing of the trumpet. One doesn't need to think hard to remember a specific and important time in Israel's history where they would have heard the blasting of a trumpet. And I believe the answer to that mystery is found in the book of Exodus, chapters 19 through 20. So I'm going to read you verses 16 through 20. So we're only going to read a handful of verses here. But on Friday, the goal, Lord willing, is to read the whole chapter 19 and 20, which I think everyone should do around the Feast of Trumpets. But for the sake of this article, we're just going to get to the point. So Exodus 19, verses 16 through 20 say this. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of a trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder... Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon the Mount Sinai on top of the mountain. The Lord called Moses up the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. No doubt the Israelites knew what the point of remembering of the blowing of the trumpets was. I believe this feast points back to when God called upon the Israelites to be his people and made himself known on Mount Sinai, and gave them the Ten Commandments. In regards to this awesome event on Mount Sinai, there are a couple of important things to take note of. First, it wasn't just a trumpet sound, but the voice of a trumpet. Secondly, it was at this moment that God came down on the mount, and Moses was called up to the mount. This sounds very familiar to a couple of passages found in the New Testament in regards to the catching up of the saints. 
So let's look at Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14, which says this. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The Apostle Paul is making a claim that a day is coming when the Lord will come down with a shout, with a voice, and with a trump, and the saints will be caught up. There seems to be an obvious connection between this trump in the last days and the trump the Israelites heard at the base of Mount Sinai. Furthermore, we also see similar language, language used in the book of Revelation. Let's examine a couple of verses, starting with the very first chapter in the book. Revelation 1, verses 10 through 11 say this, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a great voice, as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest write in a book, and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Lodicea. Here we have the voice of Messiah likened to the sound of a trumpet. I don't think this is an accident. Let's look at one other verse here. Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first verse, first voice which I heard was, af, was as if it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Once again John hears a voice, which is likened to a trumpet, and this time he is caught up in the throne room of heaven. Is this just a coincidence, or is the word of God trying to let us in on a mystery? It is also interesting to note that before all the judgment is poured out upon the world, John sees a great multitude in heaven, which cannot be numbered, standing there with white robes who have come out of tribulation. Let's read Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, kindreds, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. 
And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders of the four beasts. And I, be I fell before the throne on their faces. And they worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, knowest thou knowest? And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. It is after this event that we see the seventh seal opened and the trumpet judgments begin to come down on the whole earth. As I have stated in many of my writings, podcasts over the years, I don't put my name on any rapture doctrine. The reason being, I simply don't know. God knows. However, these facts do seem to point towards a very, at the very least, a pre-rapture event. We must not forget, our job as believers is always to be watching, always to be ready for his marvelous appearance. Matthew 25, 13 says this, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, it should be noted, and the question may be raised, if we don't know the day or hour, how then can we speculate the rapture would happen on the Feast of Trumpets? Obviously, this is problematic for this view. However, I believe we know the season for which we are to start looking, but we don't know the exact day or, 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 day or hour. Furthermore, if Messiah is to come for his bride on the feast, we wouldn't necessarily know which year it would happen. And again, we should always be ready and always be watching. The argument that I am making in regard to the Feast of Trumpets is that it is appointed time of Jehovah. Messiah has fulfilled the spring feast in his first coming. Therefore, it makes sense that he will fulfill the fall feast in his second coming. This certainly doesn't mean it has to be fulfilled in the way that we might believe or understand. For me, the Feast of Trumpets is a high watch time. But our heads should be lifted high every day, longing and looking for his return. There are many more connections we could make. However, I want to focus on one last and important understanding in regards to the Feast of Trumpets. While the Bible doesn't give us much to go on when trying to understand the point of this feast, we do see an example of the day being lived out, albeit many don't know about it. It can be found in the book of Nehemiah. The reason we know this story is happening on the Feast of Trumpets is the writer provides us the date saying, Upon the first day of the seventh month. 
if you remember, you go back to Leviticus, that's when it's commanded that you are to celebrate the Feast of Trumpets, the first day of the seventh month, right? So we have an example of this story in the book of Nehemiah that I want to read to you. And then we're going to be done for today. But this is an example that's being lived out. And many just don't know about it because you, you got to really pay attention to that to the date that uh, is being described here. But let's have a look at it. So if we go to Nehemiah, we go to chapter 8. Let's read that together and try to glean something from it, if you will. So, Nehemiah chapter 8. I'm going to read it from the Hallelujah Scriptures uh, for the first time. Usually I read it out of the King James, but let's switch it up today. Here's what this, Here's the story. And when the seventh month came, the children of Yisrael were in their cities. And all the people gathered together as one man in the open space that was in front of the water gate. And they spoke to Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the Torah of Moshe, which Jehovah had commanded Yisrael. And Ezra the Kohen, that is to say priest, brought the Torah before the assembly of both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding, on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it, in the open space in front of the water gate, from morning unto midday, before the men and women, those who could understand, and the ears of all the people were on the book of the Torah. And Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose. And besides him, on the right stood Matithiah, and Shimma, and Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, Maasahiah, and on his left, Pediah, Mishiel, Malkiah, Chashum, Hashbanadah, Zechariah, and Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed Jehovah, the great Elohim. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped Jehovah with faces to the ground. And Yeshua, and Bani, and Shirbiah, and Yamin, Akub, Shabbathiah, Odiah, Ma'ayesa, Kelita, Azrayah, Yozabadad, Hanan, Pelayah, and the Levites caused the people to understand the Torah while the people were in their place. And they read the book of the Torah of Elohim, translating to give the sense, to give understanding to the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the Kohen, the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said all the people, This day is Kodesh, that is to say holy, to Jehovah your Elohim. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept that they heard the words of the Torah. So please note, just a little context. This is kind of like after the Babylonian captivity. 
uh, the ways of God have been lost on the people. It's the first day of the seventh month. It's the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, the scribe Ezra even says, This day is holy to Jehovah, your Elohim. And the people are mourning and weeping because they're hearing the law of God. They're hearing the ways of the Lord. And they know that that's not at all how they are living their lives. And they're grieved by it. Verse 10. Then he said to them, Go, eat the fatness, drink the sweet, and send portions to those whom none is prepared. For this day is Kodesh. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not be sad, for the joy of Jehovah is your strength. So please note, what does what Ezra prescribe the people to do on the Feast of Trumpets? He basically says, go drink milkshakes. You know, go drink fatness and drinks of sweet. And give portions to those who don't have any. For this day is holy, and it's a day of joy. So rather than weeping and mourning... God's people are to be celebrating and to have a heart full of joy to drink milkshakes and just be happy and joyful in the Lord. Verse 11, And the Levites were silencing all the people, saying, Hush, the day is Kodesh, do not be sad. And all the people went to eat and drink and to send portions and to make a great rejoicing because they understood the words that were made known to them. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? Let's go ahead and go all the way to verse 18. So we're just going to finish the whole chapter. And on the second day, the heads of the fathers of all the people with the Kohanim and the Levites were gathered to Ezra the scribe in order to study the words of the Torah. And they found written in the Torah, which Jehovah had commanded by Moshe, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths on the festival of the seventh month. So this is getting to uh, the tabernacles, right? And they should announce and proclaim in all their cities in Jerusalem, saying, Go to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of olive trees and myrtle branches and palm branches and branches of leafy trees to make booths as it is written. So what we'll have to do is uh, here shortly when tabernacles comes around, we'll have to remember that not only is the Feast of Trumpets addressed here in uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, but so is Feast of Tabernacles. Almost done here. Three more verses. So the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths, each one on the roof of his house and in their courtyards and in the courtyards of the house of Elohim and in the open spaces of the water gate and in the open spaces of the gate of Ephraim. The entire assembly of those who had come back from captivity made booths and sat under the booths, for since the days of Yeshua, son of Nun, until the day of the children of Israel, had not done so. And there was very great rejoicing. You know, I just feel like that language is so interesting. I'm not going to try to make a whole study out of this right now. But they went into captivity, and they hadn't celebrated the Feast of Booths since the day of Yeshua, Yeshua or Yahushua, uh, which they're speaking about what we in English know of Joshua, but that's also the name for Jesus, right? Until this day had come. And we read stuff, uh, prophecies still 
from the prophets that when Messiah returns, that one of the things that's going to be commanded that the world celebrate is the Feast of Tabernacles, where all the nations will be commanded to come and celebrate it. And it says if they don't, then they won't receive rain. Wow. So here's the when the, the when you're reading in Hebrew or you're reading see if this is said Joshua that wouldn't jump out right but when you're getting the actual Hebrew word there which is Yahushua Yeshua then then you can make those connections really really strongly can't you one more verse wow and the day by day from the first day until the last day he read from the book of the Torah of Elohim. And they performed the festival seven days, and on the eighth day there was an assembly according to the right ruling. That's Nehemiah chapter 8. We're definitely going to be circling back to that after a while. Let me just read the last couple paragraphs of my article here in closing. In this wonderful story, we see the people of God asking to hear the law of the Lord. Ezra brings out the books, and he, along with the priests, begin to teach the Israelites who have not heard, who have not long before returned from captivity, and they weep as they hear the words of the law. However, Ezra commands the people not to weep or to be sad on this day. Rather, they should be joyful. They should eat fat and drink sweets and send portions to one another. And I believe this goes to prove that for God's people, this is not a day of judgment. This is not Yam Hodin. Rather, it is a day of celebration and expectation. Admittedly, the times we find ourselves in look very bleak and without much hope. However, we must remember, this is not our home. We are only sojourners in a foreign land, and we are not citizens of this world, but rather citizens of the kingdom of heaven. This year, remember the blowing of the trumpets is not just a blast from the past on Mount Sinai. But look forward to the last trump, which is for us, and signals that it's time to go home. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Baruch Shim Yavah, Yeshua HaMashiach. I hope that you've been blessed this morning by this study. I know we've covered it before, but every time we cover it, we have new revelation and new thoughts, and I hope that you've paid close attention. I hope that you had your heart open and that you allowed the Word of God to get deep inside. This has been my great privilege, my great honor, my great opportunity. I, I'm so blessed to be able to have done this for 10 years. I'm so grateful. If you're being blessed by this work, please consider supporting it. Patreon subscribers are considerably down. You can become one by going to scriptureandprophecy.com and just clicking on the donate and support tab. If you don't want to be a patron, there's also PayPal. There's also the post office box. And I just appreciate all of you for helping me make this happen year over year over year. It's a wild time. But this week, let's try not to be like me where I'm trying to balance. Oh, is something bad going to happen? Is something good? 
Let's just look up with expectation. Let's celebrate our relationship with God. Lord willing, I'll be back with you on Friday to read Exodus chapter 19 and 20. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.